imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal with your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with shot and nails. Confidence of a hero or fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact. We're all up in your face. You're listening to the one, the only. Protonic reversal. Welcome to it. Here we are. Another stay-at-home edition of Protonic Reversal. Reminding you to stay at home during these quarantines that we, uh, that we are living in. Be safe, providing excellent entertainment for you, not just on this show, Protonic Reversal, but on all the shows on Radio Nope. But just like with last week, planning on doing a pretty crazy run of shows. Crazier run of shows than normal, I guess. I don't know. It's the new normal. Awesome stuff. Tonight is returning guest, Matt Ganling of Arch of Loaf and... Also, Band of Horses. It's been a while. That's that's happened since I talked to him last, which was damn near six years ago. So that's exciting. Uh, Plenty to talk to with that guy. Really awesome dude in general. Should be a good time. Yeah, thanks for all the feedback from the Jerry Casale episode. Was pretty stoked on that, if that wasn't immediately apparent. And all the other great guests that we had this last week. Uh, it's been a it's been a good run of quarantine shows, and I appreciate the people who've been getting something out of it. If you're looking to get these episodes sooner rather than later, the move is if you go to patreon.com slash protonicversal, it's a dollar a month, you get all the episodes basically as soon as they're done, as soon as they're up, and that's warts and all. Every once in a while there's like a cutout or something along those lines, that'll be in there. That's pretty rare, but usually it's what you get off the feed for the subscribers is the same thing off the free feed. It's just you get a lot sooner when you subscribe. It's a dollar a month, $12 a year. Think of it like buying a record or something, right? Uh, certainly not compulsory. I always appreciate people sharing the show around, letting everyone know uh, that this show is happening, that this show is something worth checking out. Does Does my heart good in these very weird crazy times that we live in anyway anything else i don't think so Not, nothing right now let's let's hear some tunes let's hear an old tune then a new tune from arch of loaf then we'll uh, we'll see what's up with matt Gentling. sound like a plan sounds like a plan to me man cool okay well let's listen to fabrico Thank you. 
That's right. That is the awesome, somewhat abruptly ending single by the Narch of Loaf called Rally Days. It's that's a that's that's fairly new. That is a that is a February 2020 release, which is very exciting. Uh, very exciting to have new Arch of Loaf stuff. And of course, on the phone we have none other than Mr. Matt Gendling. How you doing, sir? Who is this? <laughs> I told you never call this number again. <laughs> Good to have you back. I hadn't realized it had been like almost like six years, dude. I know. We should do this every year. Yeah, I mean, well, we got the time now, huh? <laughs> no. Good Lord, we sure do. It, it's it's awesome but, to be getting credit for having so many awesome shows, but yeah, it's like like I told you earlier. Everyone's home, man. It's uh, What are you going to do? Say so you're busy? I know that's a lie. <laughs> right, Yeah. <laughs> You've cornered so many people. Exactly. This is making Man, it awkward been, as I can. It, it, I, I, I appreciate that, pe- your... that, that people are like you know trying to attribute it how good the show is, and yeah, fine and dandy. But the fact of the matter is, I just corner people. No, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's a, I think it's a healthy combination of both. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if cornering somebody can ever be considered healthy, but it's <laughs> I've I've been watching your um, like seeing your posts and stuff, and it's amazing. Like the the people. You're getting on there. You don't need to rely on people like me anymore. Oh. You don't need to scrape. You don't need to scrape the bottom of the barrel anymore, Conan. But I appreciate you doing it. it it's it's that tip, it's that typical Matt thing where you pretend like what you have done does not have incredible value and does not have uh, great importance to people. And I appreciate that about you. But no, I look at it like cleaning the toilet. You know, <laughs> like it's still got to be done. You know. Uh, it's it, it's a treat to have you on, man. It it, it is. I'm a huge it's, fan, as you know, and as I have mentioned many times before. And I'm very excited that there's there's a new Archers of Love song just in time to not play it on tour. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, like, have you are you familiar with our little term, the curse of the loaf? Oh, that sounds familiar, but I can't remember if it was from when you were on the show or just from another time. So go ahead and I don't remember. Like I guess we, I think we did name like a live thing that. Um, but we used to joke about that when we were touring because we were always the band that you know, uh, the the promoter would be like, or you know, the guy that owned the club or whatever would be like, oh man, yeah, you guys are lucky. You're coming in, you got this, got the club here on a you know, on a Thursday night to university town, everybody parties on Thursday night here. It's the night that everybody comes out no matter what's happening. Right. And then we'd play to like four people. <laughs> Two of Aww. them would leave. And then afterwards he'd, he'd come up and he'd be like, he'd be like, I'm sorry, guys, this has never happened before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, and, uh, it's like the premature ejaculation apology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, right, yeah, yeah, that's the first time I've done this, honey. But, uh, yeah, and, and he, uh, you know, we'd be like, oh, well, whatever, you know, this happens to us all the time. But um, that or, like, the club would burn down the night before or, you know, like the club that we were playing in, in Nashville got hit by a tornado and got ripped in Christ. twain pretty much. The night, a couple nights before we were supposed to play there, and you know, and so that's our joke is that it's the curse that, like, we're this cursed band that just brings misfortune on the world everywhere we go. Well, you say that as if there isn't a the Bismarck in the world, so I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I, I appreciate that uh, you, you're, you guys are maybe the, the pioneers of, of, of the uh, of, of the curse. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know where yeah. to go with this bit. Sorry. Well, and admittedly, it's never been really bad. It's, you know, 
like it, we're not, I'm not woe is me about it. It's just like minor maladies. <laughs> Although this pandemic has been, I guess, our master stroke, I suppose, in terms of the curse of the loaf. If maybe if, it, if people want to blame us for that, I can understand. Well, so and and again, we're just kind of jumping right into it because that's what we do. You, you guys were playing shows like right when when this happened. It wasn't like it was. You had the single out. You got through like uh, how many? Like five or six, something like that. I was. I just meant to look it up. Um, what the date was? I forgot what the date was. It was right after those tornadoes in Nashville. Was the last show we played live. Right, right. And that we were pushing the envelope on the pandemic. Then I don't think it had been declared a pandemic yet, but we were borderline. Should have known better, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, it, it, well, things happen fast too. Something where with, within twelve hours, it went from being, oh, this could go either way, to being like, oh no, this. Yeah, is yeah. It really snowballed, which I guess is sort of the nature of the beast, you know, with yeah. the pandemic, at least in all the sort of Dustin Hoffman, Rene Russo based movies <laughs> seems to kind of go that way. But uh, yeah, like, so it was weird, man. It, and, and it happened. And the weird thing about it was like all my like all the, the musical projects that I do that actually make me a living, which is like my dream job, you know it all came together and everything was wonderful. And I was like dancing on a cloud or whatever. And hey, maybe, and, maybe and life isn't totally like, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and here's, and here's how I handled it in, in my full maturity and responsibility. I was like, I was like, sweet man, I don't need to get a real job. I'm just going to like spend my savings until I start making decent money playing rock music again. You know? Yeah. And then this kind of came down and I was like, Oops. well, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So now I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm buying the cheap groceries and kind of pinching my pennies and right. mowing grass to make some bucks and, you know, trying to do what I can to make a few dollars here and there. But, um, yeah, I'll probably be applying for the whole like unemployment thing, which I think a lot of us have been doing. Yeah. And, um, it's a pretty common story amongst. It is. I think folks. it's a good idea too. In this circumstance, you know, and my girlfriend's a, a CPA, thank God, because I'm an idiot with with money. You know, I'm not. It's weird. I I don't. I'm not careful with my money, but for some reason, I don't tend to spend much. Maybe because I'm a boring person. But my <laughs> girlfriend, like, she's still got her job and is doing well, and and she understands how money works, and so she's going to help me. I was going to say that's a valuable skill for a CPA. Yeah, it is. It is useful. It's a plus for sure. But, uh, yeah, so she said she'd help me file and, uh, you know, but I don't know, it's a huge waiting list and all that. And yeah. You can't really count on anything, but I figured I'll either, I'll either make it or I'll die of coronavirus or I'll starve to death. Those are sort of the three options at this point. And I don't know. You're all fine. Yeah, a good yeah, run. They're, they're, they're equally weighted. Right. I just yeah. For me, the big thing, honestly, like I'm joke. I'm making lots of jokes and being a little bit flippant. But the thing is, it's you know, it, it's it is grave, and and I don't think I could live with myself. Like to, every day, I think about, am I asymptomatic? Do I and and yeah. have it? 
and I, I don't want to kill somebody, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if you were feeling this as well, but when you're out on the road also, and even, you know, again, the aforementioned scenario where you weren't exactly sure from day to day what was going on in retrospect, you got to ask yourself like, Oh, did we potentially bring that with us? Is that a thing that's, what could it be on? How long does it stay on cardboard? Where were those t-shirt boxes? You know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's, a, it's a real concern, you know? And I see my parents periodically, they live right up the hill from me and I, I mow their grass and I just saw them today, you know, and I don't, I don't come near them. You know, we, we like kind of stay apart and all this stuff, but you know, I just, God, could you imagine if you killed off your parents? <laughs> like if, if I do that, I want to do it on purpose, you know, <laughs> at least that's what I tell them. Yeah. We, uh, again, I'm going to do the thing that, annoys at least five percent of the people and start talking about myself here but uh, at the end of the tour that we were doing i was spending gonna spend a couple of days with my dad in uh, modesto in california which yeah. i live nowhere near now and then now in like in retrospect i'm like oh yeah so that would be great if i went and visit my dad literally after doing a tour to you know what at the time was like the the biggest red zone of this entire pandemic breakout before new york took it over right right Seattle. right <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, that totally. Would, that would have been real good of me to do. Hey, hey, I'm here to hang out and potentially give you the plague. It's a real concern, you know. Like, it is. God, yeah. I couldn't live with myself if I like. I I wouldn't. I would hate if I gave it to anybody. You know, yeah, much exactly. less like the people close to me would be extra bad. But I mean, if anybody, I don't want to give it to anybody, and uh, I don't think I've got it. You know, but yeah, you don't know. That. They say there are asymptomatic people. The numbers jump around. That's the other thing is you can't get any good data right now because we're feeling our way through it. Even the the people that know what they're doing are still kind of in the dark and still, you know, studying it and all that stuff. Yeah. And then, and, and of course, we don't have, those people don't have a voice in our country right now. Yeah. So we're getting even less useful data through what should be the normal channels. And so we're kind of on our own in terms of just winging it and just trying not to kill each other and all that stuff. Well, and the thing that worries me is that it's not standardized. So you have folks that are observing proper safety procedures and thinking about it in terms of like not yourself getting sick, but getting other people sick and, and yeah. acting accordingly. And then there's people that are like, whatever, it's no big deal. It's a, you know, it's a hoax right, right. Or a liberal conspiracy. It's like, oh, right. Okay, great. Being a motley collection of 50 states works in our favor in so many ways, but this is not one of those ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This, this is the thing that could bring us down. And the fact that, like, our – well, our, our social culture – I'm not sure our social culture is any worse than it ever was. It's just we, we now are aware of it. But the political culture is, is really bad right now, yeah. and – it's not a good time. Like you look at what's his face, the governor of Florida and governor of Alabama and yeah. stuff that they've said and done, like that literally is costing lives. No, flat out. And of course I live in Wisconsin now and we just had that election where the Right, right. The Republican legislature really did everything they could Ooh. to stop people from uh, voting by mail. They forced an in-person election. The governor, Democratic governor, tried yeah. to postpone it, and then they challenged him in court and went not just to the state Supreme Court, but to the U.S. Supreme Court, where they voted and they judged remotely, I might add. 
uh, that it was illegal oh, yeah. for him to do that. And then with for the every thing, one of the wrong reasons, right? Exactly. <laughs> and the whole thing with that was because it wasn't had anything to do with the presidential primary. It had to do with the state supreme court and a yeah. justice on there. And yeah. as we are speaking right now, breaking news. I don't have my breaking news soundbite, but uh, they lost. They still lost. So really? they, they put all these lives in jeopardy. That's a relief. Yeah, but uh, Joe Karofsky actually ended up winning that election. So the Good. Robin Voss and Scott Fitzgerald, the um, legislature heads that are sort of hard-right Republicans, put everybody's lives at risk, probably got a lot of people sick, potentially cost yep. lives, and they yep. still lost. Man. Oh, that's so frustrating. I, you know, um, it's, it's. I mean, I, I'm so furious about it. I, I think this is the first yeah. time I brought it up on the show because I don't want it to turn into like you know one of those talk radio shows where it's like, another thing, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Judicial malfeasance, sovereign citizen. You know, like whatever. But yeah. Oh man, I so don't. Yeah, right. Like I don't want to talk politics. It just it's so hard not to at this phase of our country's whatever. Well, ongoing it, demise or whatever our little journey yeah it, it's, it's the, the fact is it's just harder than ever to like you're almost forced into radicalization by having a modicum of critical thinking <laughs> yeah right and, right and i'm really super annoyed by that but you know what are you, what are you gonna do so yeah but anyway yeah. so so what else how else are you spending your quarantine what's uh what's what's going on i'm getting out in the woods as much as possible it's you know like that's good for my health, but it's especially good for my mental health. It's yeah. like the, uh, I tend to like, I'm a, I'm a little weird in that way. I was trying to explain it to my girlfriend without really freaking her out. But I was like, sometimes the happiest I get is if I'm out in the middle of the woods where there's no trails, you know, like just wandering around in the woods. And that really comes off creepy when you say it out loud. Right. But that to me is heaven. And so, you know, I've been getting on the mountain bike as much as possible and, and hiking and just getting outside, doing some climbing and, um, you know, trying to stay sane in that respect and, and, and trying to stay out of the damn hospital. Like the, all the, the health, the health working community has been pretty vocal for good reason about that. Like, you know, don't, mess with this because it's crushing us yeah and i have a lot of friends in the in the you know health field and and i hear them say it and you know even if i didn't i wouldn't want to do that to those folks (laughs) wouldn't be the first thing you would think of doing yeah (laughs) the one demographic of people that actually want to help you hey i thought i might why would you (laughs) yeah here's more work i want to give you guys some some work I'm just thinking uh, you don't look busy enough. So, uh, you know. yeah, right, right. Be- being a professional so, jackass, know. I uh... exactly, yeah, yeah. But I haven't been playing music enough. I need to be sitting around in the house. Like I've been playing the upright bass a little bit more, which is nice. Practicing Mainly, I've been doing with... heat covers, maybe. No. <laughs> yes, learning how to stand on the bass. <laughs> that's that's very important. But, um, and like, I've been, I've been doing a lot of the same stuff that other, everybody else has been doing, like comfort baking. Like I've, I've gotten pretty good at baking bread. I'm shocked by how many people have learned how to make, make bread. And I feel like I'm a little bit right? on the curve there. Cause I'm doing this instead of, you know, making bread. <laughs> so really yeah. I'm not going to be the only person I know that doesn't know how to bake bread. <laughs> you might be, but I'm not sure that's, that you shouldn't be ashamed of that. It's like fine. I, I feel I'm ashamed that I'm that predictable, I guess, but. 
Everyone else um, in my apocalyptic survivor group will all know how to do it. So, yeah, right. You know, like yeah. If if anything, we'll have plenty of bread. Yeah, yeah. But we're sorted for bread. Someone <laughs> yeah. may have to get the bullets and the guns, but uh, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, and I've been hanging out with the girlfriend a bunch, you know, and and that sort of thing. So that's really all I've been doing, and you know, keeping in touch with the band guys. Like, sure. Thank God for text threads, you know. And and that sort of thing has been good. Trying to write, I write stories for fun, and trying to get myself to do that, not be too lazy. I honestly, I've been sleeping a ton. Yeah, well, it's, which is not the worst thing in the world, except for when it gets to be too much. But considering that for myself, I know I don't get nearly enough sleep. Shockingly, uh, so it's been nice to actually. That doesn't surprise me about you. I imagine you're one of those guys that doesn't sleep enough. I'm sleeping enough for both of us, brother. Okay, I got good. you back on this. Taking it easy for the rest of us. <laughs> I'm like the opposite. I'm like lazy and unmotivated and just like porridge for brains, you know. So I'm I'm built to sleep. But uh, <laughs> that's a that's also a fantastic. Um, oh, I was gonna say pavement live record. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh God. Yeah. Totally. But. Uh, it would have been, been, been better working. if I would have picked that up in like two seconds earlier, but it's fine. I'm doing the best. <laughs> no, that was you're doing a great job. <laughs> and also, this is since since you've got a backlog here, you can creatively edit that. Yeah, make exactly. It, I'll make, make it, it a real like thing. Just boom, pop, pop, pop. Yeah, right. Like, why not? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, and then today, lately, another. Oh, I had a, a like my second major sewer line failure Ooh. in the last decade, uh, and that happened right when the when the social distancing like shelter in place kind of ordinance kind of came in with, with so that was sitcom like timing apparently yeah and i had to have uh i have i know the best plumber on earth like this guy rules and he and his assistant who is also awesome pretty much with an excavator like dug a trench from where they'd fixed the last section of my old like i live on a mountain that where the plumbing is so old that it's all collapsing and falling apart right and so they did a huge section of it before when it it just fell apart and then now another section's falling apart so now i'm good but i have a huge trench that i have to kind of re-landscape and stuff like that so i've been working on that a little bit um we have a little yard tractor i my my house is built on some of my folks land like they really hooked me up and i built a house on their land nice and so i live in the middle of the woods but it's a, it's an actual active plant nursery which is great you oh, know that's wild okay and uh you know it's not it, it's just enough to kind of where my dad can keep his nurseryman's license and we can keep an agricultural easement on the land and it kind of works like a uh, public park where neighbors all walk their dogs on it and people run and stuff but uh i mow the all the grass down here with this kind of big yard tractor we have with a big you know, four foot mower deck on it. And the mower deck just totally crapped out. And so that was kind of, a, it was actually a fun project. It's turning into a jungle down here. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure my, my neighbors are like nervously watching their property values plummet as like my, <laughs> my yard turns into this like debacle. But here he goes uh, again. Yeah. But I've loved landscaping. it. I've loved it. I I took the mower deck off and was just like learning how all the little parts work. I'm pretty good with like mechanics and and moving parts for yeah. somebody who's never really studied it. And uh, so I, I, I have off, like man. it's a freaking quarantine. You know, you're supposed to learn yeah. skills and stuff. 
<laughs> exactly, and it's been it's really been fun. And so, and and since I don't have really any money, my folks have been pretty cool about it because it's their equipment. They're like, yeah, we'll oh, we'll sure. pay for it. Oh, and so, you know, nice. I've I've definitely been enjoying the privileged fancy boy lifestyle. Like my parents have been paying for the parts, and then I just they order them, and I'm working on installing them. So I've been. When I was texting you earlier, I was just like cleaning up. They have a push behind mower, a walk behind mower that I I use for their yard. I mow their grass as well, and uh, it had like a little drive system problem, and so that was kind of fun, like engineering all that and fixing that. Wow! Okay. I've been fixing up the mower deck on the. It, there's a little gearbox on the mower deck for the tractor, and, and that thing died. Partially because we didn't know you had to drain and refill the oil periodically. Oh yeah, it, it works. Lesson that learned. Way. Yeah. yeah, it really does. And so you know, Turns out, uh, it works better when it's got oil in it. <laughs> yeah. So now I know that, and uh, so but I'm like, man, I and so I'm I'm just greasing up all the pulleys and making sure all the bearings are good and sure. like really giving it the once over, and it's so much fun. I'll just you know drink beer and redneck out and and really work on those things and it feels good to do that that and like baking bread is kind of how i've been getting through all this i'm gonna i'm gonna i really wonder if at the end of all this if the entire bread making industry is going to be decimated because people are just making their own <laughs> so bakeries are going to be collapsing right and left yeah it's gonna, it's gonna have to be they have to be like a bakery bailout <laughs> 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 oh man two bread to fail yeah. oh man ah that's great <laughs> and uh yeah they're gonna have to get like yeah a few trillion and and honestly they'll probably bounce right back as soon as the quarantine ends because everybody's like god i'm so tired of baking yeah, bread I'm really I, i'm not super into baking bread it turns out <laughs> I, yeah i only exactly. do it yeah. for something to do <laughs> i only loved it for a little while yeah, i only loved I mean, it let because the professionals it, take over here i only loved it because it, it had a, a clearly defined ending and it took up a lot of time <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah well said <laughs> absolutely so it's got to be kind of weird though that you spend all this time and effort. You put out the first Arch of Loaf thing since uh, Christ, man. I guess since uh, White Trash Heroes, right? I mean, that, that's yeah, yeah. Holy and boy. it's and we've recorded. I don't know if people know this. I don't know if it's supposed to be a secret. I honestly don't care. It's a, I won't give away too much. But we've we've written and recorded a handful of songs. Like we we so wrote and mm. we wrote and recorded. Yeah, here. like. And, and and one cover, which I guess that's already been released. So in all, it was like six songs. So we've got the idea was to sort of to trickle them out while we were going around playing these shows. Right. And um, and so we've got some in the chamber. We're just kind of biding our time until it's it makes sense to put them out. And 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 Merge is putting them out. And so I, you know, we want to do it in a way that works for them because God, they are wonderful merges they're really good man i like i never would have thought i'd be saying singing praises of any label even my friend's label but right. <laughs> god they are good they, they've just been so good that's awesome like for a while when, when they re-released all that old stuff mm-hmm. uh we would get in there'd be these email threads that had practically everybody that worked there in on the thread so they could weigh in if they wanted you know and and for even like years after that i would occasionally just randomly 
send that email thread just a love letter <laughs> like i hope Aww. you guys are all doing well love you guys that's awesome that's 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 the kind of thing that everybody wants with their label yeah they really <laughs> it's what you dream of <laughs> and the whole time like well and half of it i was bitter about i was like man you mean it could have been like this all along <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> we're doing it wrong <laughs> but uh yeah but they man they are great they really are they're good folks and they they care and they're they're good at what they do and tolerant of us and it's it's been awesome so i enjoy the fact that and i played rally days before having you on since i did did a little little bit of old a little bit of new you know and it i appreciate the fact that it has like all that classic arch of loaf energy and vibe while obviously being you know uh, you, you guys are a more seasoned band now uh and and you have you know eric's not really able to sing like how he used to since he was basically singing wrong the entire time i don't think i'm off base exactly (laughs) he talks about it he's like yeah he's like i didn't know how to sing and it was just killing me and 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 people that maybe saw us a lot back then they probably all got plenty of stories of where we we'd play a show and it would be it'd go fine but bachman's voice just sounded like it was spinning itself apart because it kind of was you know he's smoking a lot like and probably doing everything unhealthy as far as singing his singing style went at least that's and those are his words you know he's told me that and and he's like now man i kind of know how to sing and honestly i don't i'm not looking back i don't miss the old eric's voice I, i loved it but i love his his current voice better actually well there's some precedent to it i mean if you this is going to seem like a reach, but trust me, I'm, I'm going somewhere with it. Uh, mm-hmm. James Hetfield uh, had the same deal. Like the way the way he used to sing, he used to sing "quote unquote" wrong, which is to say that yeah. damaging, actually damages yeah. your vocal cords. And like I think, it, actually, it might have been then that amazing documentary uh, because it's basically a real life Spinal Tap, some kind of monster. Oh my god, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's so good. And uh, I think the, like the doctor tells him like, yeah, if you know, you are going to not be able to sing anymore if you continue doing this you need to learn how to do this the right way and, yeah and he has to change it up and it's something where hey man i i may not have a whole lot of interest in contemporary metallica records but i certainly don't have any problems with the vocals it's, it's like yeah sounds like i feel all right you know great yeah i agree with that like uh you know i i really enjoyed a lot of the stuff on those first like three or so Metallica records, oh, you know, absolutely. and, <laughs> and, uh, they're wonderful albums. I, I feel like, and, uh, and yeah. And then the new stuff, it admittedly, I haven't really been taken too much by it, but, but it's not the vocals, you know, the vocals are, his vocals seem strong as ever on the, the new stuff. So, I mean, the way I look at it is, you know, a macrocosmic indie rock level. <laughs> the, um, you know, Eric basically learning how to sing correctly, meaning in a way that is not damaging to his personal health and long-term ability to yeah, do yeah. the task. It's, it's great. And it's not like it's, it sounds that much different. I mean, not like it sounds like Kermit the Frog suddenly or something. Like, it's, fine. it's science. Sounds like right, Kermit right. Bachman singing. It's great. <laughs> well thanks man that that's how i feel about it as well but sometimes when you're real close to it it's hard to tell but sure. uh but it has felt i mean i don't know like our whole deal one of our weird little trepidations or whatever about writing new stuff was we didn't want to try to make it sound like the old stuff you know and and right. once everybody had come out and said like no i don't i don't 
give a damn about trying to make it sound like the old stuff. Let's just see what kind of music we come up with. And the weirdest thing about it was a lot of it did end up sounding quite a bit like the old stuff. You know, we just kind of fell into those niches or ruts or whatever you want to call them. But it kind of worked out that way. But I mean, it's not like it's going to come out sounding like ska. It's still you guys. Right, right. It's not going to be that different. Like, it's a lot like Bad Manners, if you remember them. <laughs> wow. That, that may be the first Bad Manners reference in a Protonic Reversal. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's fun, and, you know, and some of it's different. And, like, after we did the song White Trash Heroes, it, that was really fun. Well, even way back, going back to uh, Hate Paste, even, back on the first album, that song was kind of built piece by piece in the studio and it that was just sort of the idea and so i guess we always have had one or two on an album that was like hey you know because because a lot of our our approach to recording was sort of like let's do what we do live like try to kind of replicate that sure and uh but then we'd always have one or two like let's save this to be a weird one that we just sort of put together in the studio kind of indulge our, that side of ourselves and white trash heroes is very much one of them and we, and we have another new one that was like that we we're like let's not write this too hard let's leave save this one to be a weird one yeah and I, totally well sorry to interrupt but i, I was gonna say I think, oh, yeah. I think it very much with white trash heroes like the vibe uh for sure was different on that one just because of that it seemed like you were letting not letting it go necessarily but like especially with the title track it was like i was like oh wow this is cool i didn't expect yeah this. yeah but in a way right, that, right you know like when i first heard leaves would turn inside you from unwound i was like oh whoa, whoa oh wow okay like yeah what's yeah. going on all right but, right right but it totally it's works fun to do that yeah no absolutely and especially you know that was i mean criminy it was like your fifth record like six <laughs> it was like yeah far along, right? it was like our fourth sort of fourth kind of regular record fourth regular record but not counting like like speed of cattle right the, the singles collection and uh see it's hard for my personal timeline's all jacked up because i had most of them on seven inch and then you know i had, I had right a couple, right uh, store-bought cassettes and then, well, and then we also had that EP, which is yes. my favorite thing probably that we've ever done. But um, and so that would that would make it five, really, if you counted that as a full record. And it and it really kind of is. I mean, it, it's short; it's EP length, but I mean, it does kind of work like an album, I suppose. Yeah, as far as the amount of stuff on it that totally slams, like it's it's a lot. I think it's a lot of people's favorite. Really? To this day, I mean, that's that's the one thing that we we pretty much without fail play everything off of that album, yeah, or you know that EP, and it's still it may be collectively the band's favorite thing we did. Did we talk about the title? I don't see that's the problem with it being like you know five plus years since last we talked. I don't remember what the hell we talked about. So I sometimes get yelled yeah. at when we when I talk about the same you repeat, over and over again but <laughs> i don't remember if we talked about we might have I, the, I the title of, of versus the greatest, versus of, the greatest time. of all time yeah is there was there it came up from it, like actually ej it's... eric johnson is really kind of inspired he's at least inspired more than one album title like um vivi was his idea because he found that shirt there's a, a band photo where he's got this t-shirt on with these iron-on letters that just say vv that was in chicago at a thrift store he just found it there it's just like turquoise or aqua colored 
shirt with iron-on VV letters. <laughs> and uh, we thought that was hilarious. We didn't know what it meant yeah, what, or what, anything. Yeah, what does it even mean? Like, what is it? <laughs> it just seemed cool. It just, it just, I have the it record just on my wall and I still us. don't know. <laughs> yeah, we just loved it. And so, and we've always had trouble naming albums. Like, honestly, White Trash Fear is the fact that the album got named that. It was just default. And same with, with uh, All the Nation's Airports, too. Like, we argued and argued and couldn't come up with a name for the album. And finally, we just kind of gave up. And we punted. And and, yeah. uh, and then once we decided on that, then the con- concepts for the, the art and everything came together in a cool way. But but the actual coming up with a name, like, we didn't know. But on the, the, uh, the EP... Um, Eric Johnson always, we've all been big Muhammad Ali fans and, and oh, yeah. really liked him a lot. And, and Eric Johnson, probably most vocally of any of us about it. And he just, one of Eric's favorite things about him was how I'd be like, I'm the greatest of all time. Oh, sure. And he yeah, wouldn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't specify what he was the greatest at. He, he just generally, in a general <laughs> just, sense. Just in the general sense. It's like, right. what do you got? <laughs> I'm the greatest of all time at that. And and so you know that idea, that whole concept, like we love that, and so we just kind of integrated it into. We just imagined ourselves like getting our butts kicked by the greatest of all the, of all time. Yeah, I was going to say some some bands would imagine themselves in the Ali role, and in this case, it's you're the one no. versus the greatest all. No, we're yeah yeah we were about to get beat up. It's <laughs> kind of that's where that was going. Uh, and, but. Uh, and that one was, one was that, shortly after Icky Metal, right? Like that was. Uh, it was pretty quick after Icky Metal, yeah, yeah. As I recall, I forget. I guess we did it. We might have done it. In, I forget what year we did it. Ninety three, maybe. But um, and and that was a fun recording experience. We did it up at at, at Steve Albini's house uh, with Bob. You know, Bob recorded it. The same setup that we did. We did a couple of singles that way up there, and we did VD up there same way same personnel and it was it was wonderful it was a good experience and uh but oh we, uh, one day we we were playing at 7th street entry in minneapolis and we had some time to kill before sound check and i needed strings so I, I ran a few blocks to this music store to get strings eric johnson just goes wandering around and he goes past some bookstore and there's a line around the block he's like what are you guys waiting for like oh muhammad ali's in there signing autograph or signing books Oh well, and he he's like, all right, where's the end of the line? He got in line, and he managed to meet him and shake his hand and got a photo of him shaking his hand. Stuff is really cool. Oh man, I was so jealous. You should have got got him to sign a copy of Versus the Greatest of All Time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even remember if it was out yet or not, oh, but it, it okay. might have been. Wow, it might have been. I think it actually was out by then. Oh man, yeah, he blew it. <laughs> Call him up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a little late at this point, but yeah, yeah, it's a little late. Uh, so, t- so talk to me about the the change up between you know this this stuff between Icky Metal and Greatest of All Time. You know, kind of has a has a corollary, uh, similar sound. Like you're kind of there's some seven inches around that time as well. Talk to me about like that into Vivi. Like, what's what change, if anything, with when you got into doing songs for Vivi? We were we really had the songs extremely well plotted out uh, and finished up, polished up, or whatever 
if you can say that about our sound, and uh, and and really really well rehearsed and and had played them live a bunch for that EP, to the extent that like there's the two song like the lowest part is free going into freezing point, on that album on that EP, uh, it was Bob's idea I think if I remember correctly he's like well why don't you guys just play both songs in a row in one take oh okay so that wasn't originally how it was conceived it just ended up being that like hey try this and exactly yeah yeah because uh freezing point was actually written uh we hadn't written many we were never good at writing on the road but freezing point was an idea that bachman had been working on for a while at home and he brought it up to us while we were on tour in england and we we got it together during sound checks and play and recorded it for appeal session Okay. So the the version that's on Speed of Cattle is from Appeal Session, and and that was the first version of that song. It was brand spanking new then. Sure, because that has a different, mm-hmm. just like all the stuff that ends up on Speed of Cattle that's mul- different versions. Like the versions are, mm-hmm. in some cases, very drastically different, uh, and certainly different in sound. Yep. But, uh, and that one's more subtly different. That but one, it's, yeah, uh, just, it has a different, different different feel to it that doesn't match what's on the record. But it's, that, yeah. that one is one of the less extreme examples. I'm trying to think of, there's one of them that's just... Like it's almost a, a different song, practically. I can't. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, uh, probably revenge. Yeah, my guess. Yes. That one's way, way different. And uh, yeah, yeah, that one. We definitely changed that one up. That was Bachman. He was like, "Let's try it this way," and and the new version came out of that. But the um, but as far as yeah, freezing point or, or lowest part is free. We actually wrote on the road as well. Now that it occurs to me, we wrote it when our paperwork was not properly done to go into Canada for our oh, first yeah. attempt to go there did you get turned away they turned us away and we were so broke and this guy that worked for caroline who distributed our our albums up in canada he had dual citizenship and he had two residences he had like this really beautiful farmhouse this town called churubusco new york like way up in the horn near the canadian border kind of near lake champlain and uh he was like i'm not there i'm up in canada with my family but I've left you guys like a case of beer, um, some directions on how to set up the Sonic the Hedgehog game. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's a little market nearby. All I ask is that, you know, I have a wood-fired furnace there, and there's a guy delivering a bunch of firewood for it. I need you just to show him where he needs to dump it. And so we hung, hung out there going steadily broke. For like like four days. (laughs) It was crazy. And yeah, just up there in upstate New York. And then we called him. We're like, hey, man, can we do laundry here? And he's like, oh, yeah, go for it. So we did our laundry. (laughs) And then we called him again. We're like, can we practice in here? And he's like, oh, yeah, there's no neighbors. Go for it. And so we worked on two songs. And one of them, I don't remember what it was. It it never got legs. But the other one was lowest part is free. Wow. And I remember setting up kind of over next to the fish tank hoping I, I wasn't doing damage to the fish with oh all the noise you know right, right. <laughs> and and so and that's where lowest part is free was written but then we got in the habit i think i don't remember whose idea it was to put them together but we were started doing that live and um and and then we told bob that we wanted to put them together on the on the ep mm-hmm. and he was like well, why don't you just you know typical bob like no nonsense you know he's like yeah. well just play them together yeah and we're like whoa let's <laughs> oh, try it okay it took Wild a few concept, tries but, okay. but we <laughs> yeah but we've been doing it live so much that it worked out you right. know and so ever since then it's been i don't know 
I'm trying to think if there's ever a time that we haven't played them together since then. Huh, that's funny. And just and it just was like a, a hey, why don't you guys just do this? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> well, we no, we we had we had come up with it. It was somebody in our camp that had come up with the idea of putting them together live, and we had done it live a bunch, and and then told Bob about that, and then he was like, "Well, do it in the studio too." It's funny because now that you mentioned, I, I think I've only ever heard you play them together. Now that I think about it, yeah, it's uh, you know we almost just played. We were doing for the Cat's Cradle's anniversary thing. We were like a surprise thing or something, and we jumped up there and played. We were going to play four songs, and then Frank asked us to add it, to take it up to five, and so we were just going to play free. Uh, lowest part is free by itself. And I was like, that's kind of cool. It's the first time we've done that in a long, long time. But then he asked for one more song. So we were like, well, the obvious choice is to throw a freezing point on it. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> I mean, let's... Because let's... we were under-practiced, you know, and we thought, well, that one we can we can get through without having to go through it. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, uh, all right, so that's... So, Vivi... Have we ever t- have we talked about Step Into the Light? I don't think we have, but I know a little bit about Step Into the Light. I don't Can think you, we have. Is is this is this okay to to talk about? Is are we going to get yeah sister order here? No, I don't think so. Uh, I I don't know. You may know something I don't know about it. <laughs> no, no, no. All I know is I'm just, is I'm that, just running um, stick, man. I don't, oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know nothing. I, um, no, Botman's Botman's buddy Mark Griffiths wrote the lyrics. He's this really, really clever, like just strangely hilarious, really smart guy. He's the guy that did the artwork for uh, the cover of Icky Metal. Oh, nice. Okay. Just this real eccentric, yeah, real, interesting, real cool, cool guy. Cool art style. Yeah. 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 And he also did the illustration for, uh, I think he did the illustration for the cover of our first single. Okay. And uh, and the little poem he wrote the poem that went with it. There was a, I think later we did a later version that had the poem on it. But yeah, um, I, I have that. I have that somewhere. I okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I looked at it probably in about poem. fifteen years, but I, I have it somewhere. Yeah. But and, and I guess he he wrote the lyrics to "Step Into the Light," it's, or at least according to Bachman, like Bachman said that he wrote it. So that one, like Vivi's the one where. It's kind of like the all the more kind of faster songs are not sort of like traditionally melodic. Maybe is the best way to put right. it. Right. And, and yeah, yeah. And the slow burners kind of burn really slow. So there's like a lot of like dynamics. Is that something that sort of just happened on its own? Where you kind of push in that way intentionally? Um, no, I certainly wasn't. It, it was uh, it was brought up that way. I think like. Bachman wanted to do some real kind of spatial kind of mellow things. And then, you know, Mark, I think had a lot to do with the, uh, arrangements of a lot of those things. Like I think Mark was often the first of one of us to latch on. If Bachman brought an idea, Mark would, would really get locked in on some good ideas of where to take it, you know? Right. And, and he, he was always really good about that. He was like kind of a bit of a taskmaster as far as that goes, but he would have these visions, you know, like this needs to, we only need to do this once or we need to drag this out twice as long or something. 
it's going to have much more feel to it if we do that. Right. And, and he was always great with that. And, uh, and so I think maybe he had a lot to do with shaping that song. I think it was really him and, and Bachman as far as nailing down the overall structure of that one, you know? Yeah. And that's something where it had a distinct sound, even apart from, you know, the first record that also kind of flexed some different muscles, you know, you got yeah. uh, like, like different, you got different tunes that have like different dynamic ranges and things. Not, not that you didn't have dynamics in the first one, but like it kind of, it kind of was a preview of even more so where you guys would go with all the nation's airports, which was was that like a, just a year later? Is that it? Jesus. Uh, after Vivi? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like crazy. CCR like... stuff, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks, man. That's <laughs> yeah. flattering, actually. Oh, yeah. I, love, I love CCR. Mitch but, is uh, a compliment, for sure. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Taken as such, man. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, I look back on that. It's hard to believe how much would happen in a year. Like, all that stuff was packed in. You know, I feel like I lived a whole lifetime in about four or five years. But, um, yeah, it's it's crazy how, how densely packed that time was. We had a lot of energy, you know. We were young, restless dudes who were just realizing that we could make a living on going out and doing this stuff. And it just it felt great, and it was really fun and engaging for us. Yeah, I bet. That's, I mean, it's it's definitely something where those songs all struck a chord with folks as well. And it may not have been like on like some big sustainable level that brought worldwide acclaim necessarily or anything, but it, it meant a lot. Right. To right. It meant a lot for. Her. Oh man. It was, yeah. And, and, and I did not see that coming. I, it was all, every bit of it was a pleasant surprise to me, you know, that we could do that and that it was working, you know, it, it just always blew my mind, you know, just repeatedly. <laughs> So on all the nation's airports, which is actually the first one that I got into, I got that the day it came out and then kind of backtracked from there. Oh, thanks, man. That's definitely one of the weirder ones we did in retrospect. Yeah. It's funny that that's the one that, I mean, you were still on Alias at the time, but it was, re- it was released by Electra, wasn't it? Cause that's how I got a hold of it because it was, I still worked at Tower Records at the time. So that's. Oh, uh, Alias did a distribution deal with Electra. That's what So it was, it was okay, still part it. of our Alias deal. But they had done some distribution deal with Electra. That it, it, that really had nothing to do with us. That just sort of happened around us. It just got it into other places, like my record store, which was the fourth coolest record store in Berkeley. Nice. Out of four. That's, well, <laughs> that's still pretty good. That's still probably better than a lot of places. Oh yeah, of yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. probably like you know second best than Topeka, but you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, it, like it would have been Peru, Indiana's first best. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> we don't Wait, is, is, it, <laughs> is Peru in Indiana or is it Illinois? Oh God, somebody, uh, somebody in Peru is going to hear this and they're going to want to beat me. It's Indiana. I just checked. It is. Indi- I'm pretty sure it's Indiana. But oh, it, it, it is one of those ones that, like, you got to think about it, where it's like, ah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, Aliquippa, Pennsylvania's best record store. Right. You know? <laughs> that's, it would have been, for sure. But that's yeah. so that's the one that I started in with, and it, it was one of the things where, and at the time, for myself, I was hearing a lot of records. I'm like, what? What is going on here? What is this? Like, in a good way. Oh, nice. Like, yeah. Like, just, just like... 
you know, listening, like backtracking to things like Stooges and Birthday Party and, and like stuff like that, but also. Oh, getting, nice. Thanks, man. That's really cool. I, I was getting turned on to you guys and like Sebado and, and I was pretty familiar with Sonic Youth and, you know, like sort of, sort of the bigger names, but it was one that like I definitely obsessed on for a good amount of time. And yeah. I really tried to figure out. And then going back, like I think if I had started earlier, it would have probably made more sense to me sooner but it's it's almost better that it didn't because it was like a mystery because that one has a has an interesting vibe to it like it's got some of the same elements that i think show up in white trash heroes it's got like almost kind of a preview of some of the stuff that eric would do with crooked fingers but it still sounds definitively yeah rock like it sounds like you dudes doing your thing oh nice well some of the stuff in in spite of ourselves like i i think a lot of it was that youthful sort of foolhardiness where you just want to throw the kitchen sink at everything, you know? And, and so there's, there's a lot going on in those songs, you know, for better or worse, maybe not the best idea, like a lot of stuff stepping all over other things. But, um, but the one thing I liked about that on that album, that still is one of my favorites, but it's because Bachman was giving us these demos that were really, really spare, you know, just a guitar part and a vocal part and, and very little to go on in terms of what he wanted for parts. Mm -hmm. And he, and I think he did that intentionally just to see where we would go with it. And, and uh, we had a lot of time, for for a band that was constantly touring, you know, we for some yeah, reason I don't we know had, where you got this time from because of, like, yeah, like, like it was it was in tiny bits and pieces, but a lot of little bits and pieces. Yeah, and so that's that's the one album that Mark and I worked together on more than any of the others. Like we we he and I worked really hard on the rhythm section stuff there. So whether it works or not it was very no, intentional very very and, much so uh, it does i mean i think it's it's definitively like one of the more rhythmically interesting of the archers records uh, oh thanks man and and bachman like he was really forthcoming on it on what he wanted in terms of mood but he would never tell you like specifics of of what he wanted it was more like i'm thinking it should be kind of you know ugly and noisy there like or or you'd be like i'd come up with a chord or something you'd be like that's too pretty <laughs> right right and so, i'd be like oh well, i can make it ugly <laughs> yeah, yeah I, can, I can ugly it up for you don't worry about that yeah there's a lot of kind of intentional dissonance in there but it was all pretty well that one was one of our more thought out as a band like the, the four of us like really had time to think that out like i think we did that on vivi but it was over a sh much shorter period of time like sometimes in the studio we we're coming up with that stuff you know so with airports we had a lot more deliberation time to really nail stuff down so sure so, so like a song like assassination on christmas eve like one of the hooks is like that sort of like repeating sort of it's a feedback loop like what i don't <laughs> oh it's a sampler that was another thing too because i don't think we used that i don't think we had that on vv we might not have okay i'd have to go back and look but eric bought this little sampler thing it was like a $400 thing or $600 thing. And, uh, and they were still a little weird back then. Like, and it was just a little gray plastic a talk boy. thing. It was a talk boy, wasn't it? <laughs> I, it I don't remember what it was, but that, that was I don't thing think Macaulay it was a talk had in, uh, in, uh, the freaking home alone movies. That's, Oh my God. That's great. 
there, was that too a oblique of a reference? Sorry, I guess I guess it was, but what? <laughs> it's a. I've, I've got a friend who it's like her. My my girlfriend's like bestie loves Home Alone more than almost any other movie, and uh, but yeah, and, and we joke about all the Culkins. There's a lot of Culkins, so it like, like we joke, a lot of Culkins at large. Yeah, you're right. We joke that our favorite Culkin is Forrest, which <laughs> there isn't one, but it's you know I think there's like seven. Culkins. It's like Shane Staley or something where it's like, yeah. you, make, you just make a sibling up and it sounds plausible. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But uh, yeah, no, Shane, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just some little crappy little synth. I mean, but, but very expensive. I know it was expensive because I was, I was so upset. Like I, my truck got broken into in San Francisco, Oof. like on my watch, you know, it was kind of my fault that it got broken into and I didn't notice until the following day that one, all they got, they got like a duffel bag of CDs. This is back when, you know, you had CD players. You couldn't really stream anything or have MP3 players or anything. Yeah. And so they, they nabbed that. They got like this fleece jacket my sister had made, like a headlamp of mine, and uh, and like all the change out of the, the ashtray that was in my, in my truck. And they broke the window, you know. But that was all I thought they took, and then I realized Eric's sampler was missing. I had a whole bunch of our no. gear in my truck. Uh, I know. Like I had to break the news to so Eric. that was like probably expensive as hell. Well, you already said yeah, it was like and he's like, or something, right? Yeah. And I don't know what crushed him more, the fact that it was expensive or the fact that all these samples that we used for all these songs were on it, and he had to rebuild all of them. <sighs> yeah. So way to go, Matt. Yikes. Yeah, that was a, that was one of my better accomplishments. But then, um, uh, th- but the, in Assassination, it was a little sample. I don't even know how he made it. Like he used like a, I think I think just a delay effect and a keyboard, mm. and uh, and just made that riff and just you know sliced and diced it until it fit, you know, rhythmically to what he was doing. And then he used that sample to make his demo for it, and then used it again when we recorded it in the in the studio nice same same with the that weird delayed bass part for um uh, like the uh, white trash heroes white, yeah 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 which which that's is like... not me playing that that's him playing bass with the delay pedal really on it wow. yeah yeah and it was so funny like when i first started playing with uh band of horses ben was like man i totally ripped off that idea on you know on uh our swords it's like I love that bass line of yours. I'm like, oh, I didn't do that one. Thanks, man. That's Eric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He started laughing. It was really funny. That's, that's but, like when uh, somebody comes up to you, like, "Hey, man, I really like that last song." It's like, cool. That was yeah. a cover. I was like, "There's a really good reason." <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. But. um but yeah, and I loved it. But I, I played the all I did was I played like just a whole note, you know, just solid low notes yeah. on a on a Hammond B three. I was just sitting Indian style, like next to the to the uh, foot pedals of a Hammond B three, and just mashing them with my fists. <laughs> nice, nice. Playing there, but so yeah yeah when, when, since we're already talking about it why don't we why don't we talk about white trash heroes now at the time this is like 98 i think yeah, like late 98 is when that came it would have been i think 98 yeah yeah it was either 97 or 98 it was in the winter like it had to have been 98 because i think it was spring because we got a late season snow i drove back 
really late, like in the middle of the night from Nashville or from Memphis home to Asheville. I was living in Asheville at the time. I'd mm-hmm. moved back and, uh, I got back to Asheville and there was just this huge, heavy snow that had fallen. And there's a, an elderly lady that lived across the, the street from me who had one of those little aluminum carports and a Cadillac she had. And her son was like friends of my family's a little bit. And their, her, their son, her grandson, I grew up with. And so I knew her pretty well. And, and I saw that her carport had just been crushed by the snow and just squashed. It looked like it squashed her car. Oh, <laughs> so Jesus. I went over there and knocked on her door. Like, I guess after I'd slept, I slept in because I'd driven all night. And then I went over there and like knocked on her door or whatever. And I was like, can I check out that carport and see what's going on? And she's like, yeah, I'd appreciate that. So I took some tools and stuff and just completely dismantled it and turns out her car just had one little tiny scratch on it wow okay yeah. nice that's but awesome. anyway that's a long digress god i'm a digressive dude i apologize uh you but heard that the was, show right <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you're doing fine but so. it was it was like spring it must have been like a march or april snow uh, so pretty late. So it had to have been around then in '98, I guess, is when it was. So this record, so White Trash Heroes, kind of starts off Fashion Bleeds. I think kind of was is something that a previously existing Arch of Low fan would be like, oh, cool, right on. Let's let's dig in. Cool, like it, it's it's a rocker. You know, it's, it's yep. The recording's like a little. I don't know. I was gonna say cleaner. That's, that's, that's another one. Oh, that's another one. I played the bass on that on the Hammond B3. Oh, interesting! I was gonna there's, say there's no bass guitar on that song. I, I was gonna say, except for the fact that there, that there doesn't sound like there's any actual bass on there, and so like, but it's not yep. something that's immediately perceptible unless you're actually listening for it. For me, I was, totally, totally, I was yeah, like, yeah. this is cool. What's something's a little different here? And then you know, from there it goes straight to Dead Red Eyes, which from a dynamic standpoint, you know, obviously holds a lot in common with you know stuff on uh, airports and you know some of the more sparse stuff, but. Oh yeah, good point. It, it sets a sort of like terms of engagement that this is a different kind of record uh, going yeah. in. And was that coming from a let's hey guys let's let's do something a little different this time? Was it just a natural progression? Was that Eric kind of uh, bringing stuff in and you guys jumping off that? There was a lot of all of that, all of the above. That it was that was a little bit more of a chaotic record I, I loved and hated making that record because i think we were creatively kind of divergent by that point mm. which i think is inevitable when you've been a band for that long you know you kind of go through that phase and so we were kind of at odds with each other creatively more often than we were on some of the other stuff but uh but we were also feeling pretty creative and we came up with some really weird ideas we wouldn't otherwise come up with. I think when we did that record and we had the most time we'd ever had to record, like we had a week to just do basic tracks. And then we had another week to do overdubs and vocals and then another week to mix it. So that was a luxury for us. You know, we normally would, I think we did VV in like a long weekend and, um, you know, and it was just stressful and, and, and all that. But, uh, so that, that was kind of cool. And, and with like fashion bleeds, uh, you know, Bachman had Bachman and Mark, Mark came up with the drum beat and Bachman had sort of all the rest of it. 
And then I couldn't think of anything to put on there. And finally, I just kind of thought, man, it just needs just some low end single notes, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I, I need to get out of it more than something than where you, you don't want to like overplay on it. Cause that would, that would ruin it. So you exactly. Wanna... Yeah. 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 So that's how we landed on that, you know, and there were moments like that and th- there were some really fun ones like, um, that song banging on a dead drum that just sounds like a train wreck. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bachman wanted that to be messy and we played it and it, he's like, it just sounds too, too polished. And so we tried it and we just tried to be sloppy and we couldn't be convincingly sloppy. And then, <laughs> cause we were touring so much, you know, we'd gotten accidentally tight, you know? Right, and, right. and then, so then we were like, let's go to the, to the Cajun restaurant down the street. We've been going to, and we'll do a bunch of shots and so we got pretty drunk and we came back and played it again and it still sounded too polished (laughs) and so i don't remember whose idea it was it was either bachman or or ej's idea i think maybe to switch up instruments oh how funny and so ej was like or something (laughs) totally ej was like i get to play drums because he always was a like a he wishes he was a drummer i think a lot of times and and so he really wanted to play drums. And so then Mark played bass and EJ taught me his slide guitar part. And we realized one of us had to like do it, you know, had to, to hold it together. So Bachman took one for the team and he played his, just his regular guitar part. Right. And, uh, and then we got like the, we got the house guy, the house engineer guy to run the tape machine so that Brian Paulson, all I saw was he disappeared into a piano head first with a, he had a guitar pick and a beer bottle. I don't know what he did. And our manager was there and he found some jingle bells. Mm -hmm. And so everybody had something. And the first take was absolutely perfect. And we loved it so much that, but we were like, we got to do it again because it was so fun. So we ended up doing like, seven or eight takes of it but the first one was the, was the one that was fun just because it was a blast to do it yeah yeah awesome. it was yeah so that was fun so there are things like that you know and and as for the the song like dead red eyes botman kind of threw me a bone there like i i he played the, the keyboard part for us and sang it a little bit that he had for it and I thought, man, it's another one of those real mellow ones, I guess, like, yeah. you know, like step into the light. And so I was working out this chord part that was really mellow. And he was like, man, can you do something real chopped up and kind of aggressive? Yeah, that kind of and makes the like, song, like the fact that it, when, when, you, when you come in and kind of bang down, like, you know, Godzilla style on it, like it's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that and that was Bachman's idea to do that. He was, but it, it, that was the kind of stuff I wanted to play. And so yeah. he had, I guess he had heard me play a little bit like that. And he was like, just do something like that. And I was like, oh my God, man, thanks. Like, I, that's what I really want to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so take the dog off the leash, man. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it took, we, we went through the song maybe four or five times and I came up with that part, you know, and it just nice. worked out from there. And, total ripped off i totally ripped off the bass tone like egregiously i uh i had found uh one of those you know trainer ts50b amps yeah like the one you know and and uh and a jazz bass through a one by 15 cabinet i mean that's how 
how much more ripped off could that have possibly been? <laughs> but boy, does Those it work. Know, <laughs> yeah, they, they know. And... <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, there's a reason it gets ripped off a lot. It's because it's a really excellent bass sound. And, and the, the source of that, of that sound does not care and or is, act, is actively happy about it. So I don't think it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that one was fun, you know. And the guys all, like, they kept wanting to jack up the volume <laughs> the, the, the bass is really loud on that yeah. song. No, it, it, I was super it, self-conscious like about it. But. No bass, and then all the bass, and but it works really well yeah. because it's so because the arrangement's so sparse going into it that, that it doesn't really step on. The, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's stuff, I guess. Hopefully, <laughs> studying content. I mean, I think it's actually you know as not not to denigrate the others, but I'd say it's one of your, one of the more adult compositions of Archer of Loaf in that way. And oh, nice. Well, I think, thanks, I think if you guys had done it like four years earlier, it would have been a very different sort of song. Yeah, maybe so. I, yeah, I would, uh, I don't know if I agree or disagree, but that, that seems pretty plausible to me. So you got, you got white trash heroes. You, you guys are sort of moving in different directions. Um, yep. It's, you're still, you're still enjoying doing it, but it's, it's very clear that, you know, Eric wants to kind of do some other stuff. There was definite burnout within the band. Um, I think we were all kind of burning out on touring constantly. But at the same time, I really didn't want it to end. I, I don't think EJ wanted it to end. I feel like, and, and the other guys may disagree with me on this, but the impression I got was that I think Bachman was, he was burned out. And I think Mark was pretty burned out as well. But that may be wrong. That was just the way it felt at the time. I think it was the two of them that brought it up. Like our whole kind of mandate from the beginning, from our very first band meeting we had, was like, if it stops being fun, we'll bag it. You know, we'll quit. Right. No point in doing it if it's not fun. And and that was invoked, you know, in, in 98. And sort of like, well, it's not fun anymore. <laughs> right. And so then we were like, well, let's not just quit let's you know let's plan it all out you know and and do that at least do a, a few more you know do another tour and all that stuff so that was kind of what begot the final 98 tour at the end of 98 yeah and so then there's there's the you recorded that show at the cat's cradle in 98 that became the seconds before the accident record yep and that was sort of you meant as like sort of was, was that meant as like a capstones kind of like you know hey here's something for the people that are interested in this and you know kind of want like a record of that because because uh, you did have uh, there was like that Vitus Tinnitus record that I don't know yep. how, how widely released that got I have a copy but whatever don't base that on anything um, <laughs> you you were uh, you were hitting hard as a live band even though you were kind of burned out so it was, it was the idea like hey let's just do something you know let's just release this it's a good show you know, and like, that's it. Or like, what, what was the, what was the mindset there? There was definitely sort of a, we got to finish our contract with alias, you know, Oh, there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then on the other hand too, like we still all really loved each other and, you know, and, and got along real well. Um, even when, you know, even though we were kind of diverging a little and we were getting a little, a little burned out and irritable from that, but we still really got along a lot better than a lot of bands just yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis. And, uh, 
and you know, I, I mean, the, those are the most talented people I've ever had the pleasure of being able to write songs with, you know, and and uh, sure, and that was really cool. So we didn't want to just completely bag it. We just wanted to have maybe a, a, an ending date in sight, so that it didn't feel like we were just going to do this till we dropped dead, you know. Right, right. right. So it didn't become just a grind, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess something like that, pretty much. But um, but it ended up being honestly the recording experience there was really fun. It was one of one of the better recording experiences I've had. And uh, that was unexpected, you know, for me. Yeah. But it was really fun. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so, okay. And, and now we're going to, before we get into the, and, and it is the second one is called Curse of the Loaf, by the way. The, uh... <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think that was Mark's idea to call it that. That's funny because I didn't know, I didn't understand the backstory behind that, but that, that is really funny. But I also want to talk uh, a little bit, and I also want to get into the reunion stuff because... Uh, that lots happened since then also, but I want to talk, we have not talked even once about band of horses and I feel like I feel remiss in not doing that. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's worth talking about because especially people weird. that maybe are listening to this because of that, they might be like, Holy shit. Are they ever going to talk about band of horses? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know how much overlap there is, you know, between archers and horses stuff. But the, but the irony of that is, the whole reason that I'm playing with them is because of musical connections, you know, between me and Ben and Creighton. Right. Um, like I met Ben really briefly when he was living in, in Tucson, Arizona in the nineties, he came to an archer's show, not he in Tucson, in, uh, in Phoenix. I'm he was still in uh, Carissa's weird at that point. Right. I can't remember. This may have been before like or after. 2004 or no, this no, this was earlier than oh, that. Oh, this even before this that. Been okay. Okay, gotcha. in the '90s. So he was, yeah, he was kind of a kid, you know, back then. And and I mean, we were all kids, but he was a little bit younger than me. And and he came out to a show in Phoenix, and we talked for like a, less than a minute, maybe. And then um, uh, after Archers, like in 2006, I think it was. A buddy of mine that I'd played in this noise band with, this like two bass and drums kind of, and noise tape machines that I'd stolen the idea from Steel Pole Bathtub, who I freaking love. Yeah, one of my favorite bands of all time. Actually, I, I, I think love Mike's them so be much. On the show Thursday, I think. Have you met him, Moraski? Yeah. Oh yeah, D- dude. Top-notch guy. As much stuff as I tried to steal off that guy, I figured it'd be oh, yeah. due diligence to at least meet the man. No, he's he's. Right. <laughs> Uh, both. I haven't met I haven't met Darren the drummer, but I I have kind of come to know Dale fairly well. Yeah, and Dale, he's like one of my favorite bass players. I saw but him Mike in Minneapolis the first one not that, that long ago. Actually, he's, he's yeah, doing well. yeah, he's living there now. That band, the hand he has, is great. They're really good. They don't. They don't oh, I don't play. know them. I have to check them out. Really good. I'll send I'll send you a link. Yeah. It's um him and Zach from Low. And, oh, okay, wow. And Sean from Gay Witch Abortion was playing drums, but someone different now. Oh, but nice. Yeah. Really, really, really good stuff. But, you know, no, I was just going to say Mike and Dale both were incredibly generous to their time to. Yeah. A, 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 they're the two guys that I know from that band. And yeah, they're just such good, 
good people. Like they taught me how to do all the the um, the tape deck sampling thing that I wholesale stole for them for Replicator. <laughs> oh yeah, they, but they yeah, gave like, like detailed instructions on how to do it. So I think I'm sure it was with their approval. But <laughs> yeah, Dale did the same thing for me. Like I mean, after that band was had come and gone, but yeah, yeah they're such good good guys. But uh, yeah, so anyway, um, uh. I had, uh, the, the other bass player from that noise band had moved away, had, has a family and stuff now, lives in Atlanta. But he called me one day in, 90, in, in 2006, and he was like, man, this band called Band of Horses is coming to Asheville. They're playing at the Gray Eagle. You got to go see them. So I was like, okay. You know, I always trusted his taste. And I was dating this girl that uh, was managing uh, uh, one of the bigger recording studios here in town. And... Uh, she wanted to go and so i was like okay yeah let's go then this is track and then rabbits you're she, talking about is that is that, is that track rabbits was the band yeah it was the other bass player in track rabbits that okay. told me about about band of horses and uh and so then uh and then i mentioned it to my girlfriend she's like oh, i'm gonna go and so i was like all right cool and then she told her boss the owner of the studio steve who's a really good guy he's like well i'm gonna go too so i was like yeah let's all go so we went, and they were amazing. They played a, an incredible show. The only song I'd ever heard by them was The Funeral. You know, It was not long after that first album came out. And, and man, they were great. And Steve was like, hey, let's see if we can entice them back to the studio after they've loaded out to drink beer and play pool, and we'll show them the studio. Maybe they'll want to record there or something. And uh, we were all like, yeah, that's a great idea, you know? And He's like, well, how do we find them? I was like, oh, leave it to me, man. They're either breaking down their gear or they're at the merch table. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how it goes. <laughs> and uh, so he yeah. went to the stage first, and they were such – God, back then they were like a well-oiled machine. They had already loaded out. It was incredible. They were always like that back then. And uh, they had already loaded out. And so I went to the merch table, and there was Ben. And so just before I can even say hello, he's like, whoa you know it's matt and uh it's like holy crap and so we kind of reconnected and they came to the studio and we played pool and drank and they decided to record their second album they did a bunch of 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 it there and they stayed in ben stayed in touch with my girlfriend to make arrangements to go record there and so he through her he got my email address and he asked if i wanted to play bass with them and i was in a weird place and i, was, I thought i was like i don't know i just kind of was focusing on that relationship which you know maybe wasn't the healthiest thing for me at the time but mm -hmm. and it wasn't that long since i'd been off on the road with archers and so and i knew that they, that horses were about to get real big you could just feel it you know and and i, I was kind of scared of it to be honest and and so I wimped out. I was like, man, I, I'm not up for doing it full time, you know? And I was like, but I, let me, I'll come out with you guys for a couple of tours till you can find somebody. And so that's what happened. I went on two tours with them back then and had a blast. We got along great. And so ever since then we stayed friends and I loved their music, you know, and just stayed a fan. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then out of nowhere, and then I, I was having a conversation with Eric Johnson and he was like, man, you were an idiot not to latch onto that gig full time. And by this point, you know, the relationship was done and I was kind of ready to be back on the road again. And I was like, man, you, you know, you're right. I should have. If I had it to do all over again, I would. But, 
you know, bygones are bygones and you live and learn. And then like literally two months later, I get a text from Ben like, Hey man, would you be up for playing bass with horses again? <laughs> wow. And I was like, man, I'm not letting this one go. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm here till you tell me to leave. Someone <laughs> asks if you're so a god, you Ben. say yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and one of their old guitar techs has moved to Asheville. And, and I had had the same conversation with him, too, like around the same time. And like literally then two months later, I get, I get a second chance. And I'm like, Ben, man, I'm not going to run off this time. Like, I'm, count me in. Like, I'm here until you can't stand me anymore and you can tell me to run off. But right. Um, and then ever since then, it's been great. And, and speaking of good recording experiences, like we've got this, that's another torture is we've, we have this album that's in the can. Yes. And same, same deal because you can't, you can't do anything with it. Right. I mean, I think we're just kind of sitting on it, like waiting for management, like management's waiting for the right time, you know, to hopefully kind of, cause they, I'm sure they, they don't want it to come out while we're still holed up, you know? Well, because you're gonna, you're gonna, all that was for no, all the waiting was for nothing. So it's like the, yeah, and it kind of had a hard time coming into being. Like it, so? it got remixed a couple times. Like the mixes just weren't sounding the way Ben wanted them to sound, and so he really had to fight. And he he funded the whole thing, hmm. and uh, and it was speaking of good recording experiences, it was possibly the best recording experience i've ever had you know and a lot of it was like with archers it would get frustrating because i was i had like stupid ego tied up in it you know yeah yeah. and with horses i'm like this isn't my band i all i need to do is just try to contribute in a way that's going to bring it in the direction like help move it closer in the direction that ben wants it to go gotcha so it's it's, not and so i had no ego with it almost it's like uh yeah yeah yeah. okay i see where you're going and so he would give me demos and i would learn a lot of them had the bass on it and so i would learn the bass line on the demo and then i'd come up with another really simple one they they tends to like a real solid simple bass line and so i'd do a couple of those and then i'd come up with some weird really weird ideas Mm -hmm. and then i just present them all to them and uh, I, I I worked harder in that band than I did maybe in Archers because like I just practicing 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 I would spend hours like at home every day just going over the songs and practicing which is pretty funny but uh, I'm not technically a very good bass player you know I I don't have chops per se and and uh, I, I have like a weird way of going about it which I think is maybe interesting and maybe that's why I get to do these things but. Well, it's, but I'm well, not. it's idiosyncratic, but I mean, I, I'm going to fight you on the fact of saying it's, it's like not good because I mean, it's like not everything needs to be like, you know, Jaco Pastorius or something along those lines. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I, like... I understand that. I understand that. But it, and I'm not being down on myself or anything. I'm just saying, like, from a technical standpoint, I right. am quite limited. Like, I think you'd be surprised. But um, so with that band, I was like, you know, this band is pretty precise. Like, I really need to like archers. We've always been a little sloppy, you know, it's kind of part of our yeah, our so I, our approach. It's, it's one of the features. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But the, and this is like, I was like, this can't, this won't fly with this band. It's like that's not how this band works. It's not right. you know what we're what they're after or what they're going for. And so you know. It was a totally different experience, but the fun part about it was like, occasionally out of nowhere, Ben would be like, "Can you do something weird like blah blah blah?" And be like, "Can I?" <laughs> you know, like, right. So he, you know, I got I got to run free on a on a few songs, which was really fun. 
and and honestly everybody was just everybody was happy and friendly and you know egos were not an issue you know it's like like creighton pointed out like he's like you know I, it took me a while to to learn this, but I've I've learned that in a band like this, there's only room for one ego. And, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 and once you the accept captain of the that, ship and <laughs> you're yeah. through. <laughs> and honestly, it's a burden, you know. Like yeah. he works hard on that stuff, and it's I know it it taxes him, but um, but it works real well that way, you know. And and it's like cool, man. Like how can I push this? How can I help this? become more what you want it to be you know and 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 that's been really fun and we all get along really well and the tours have been fun and i get coddled i don't you know that band i don't carry anything the crew is amazing they have this crew they've had forever do you know josh newton of course yeah from the mighty shatter yeah. uh great dude yeah. he's actually two-time guest of the show uh yeah yeah well he uh his band and archers played together back in 92 oh no kidding Nice. Glazed baby. Glazed baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, which and, I thought uh, I was the only one that remember Glazed baby, but uh, I, when I had him on, <laughs> I made no, sure. I like, remember. When I do the, you know, the bands that people are in, like in, in, in the episode leader card, I made sure to put Glazed baby in for the first one. And, and nice. It was funny well done. People were like, whoa! I didn't know that was the same dude. You know, like mm-hmm. it's people that like Shiner, but also were familiar with Glazed baby, which totally. Well, it took me a minute, you know, to make the connection. Yeah. I think I made the connection when he told me the connection, you know, but cause he was an East coast um, dude at the time. And then he, um, yeah. Boston guy. Yep. Yep. At that time. But he, um, which is anyway, probably the he, first time band of horses and Glazed baby have ever been in the same sentence on a, on a professional. Yeah, r- I know. Right. <laughs> I think you're right actually. <laughs> but, um, but he was, and still occasionally is, you know, when he can, uh, is a guitar tech. Oh, nice. Yeah, for he's horses. very good at that, yeah. He's amazing, yeah. Well, they, and they have, like, they have co- kind of rotating guitar techs because, like, not all of them are available when, you know, when they need somebody. I and about that. I, I was thinking, I remembered about that, like, when I was going to ha- try to have you on before when you couldn't do it, and then I was, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I, I was, I was going to ask you about that. So I'm glad mm-hmm. it came up extemporaneously. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and he is, God, he's so good. It, it's so much fun having their crew is is tight pretty tight with the band you know like what'll happen is oftentimes we're doing these bus tours and there's like a crew bus and a band bus and oftentimes like once things have kind of mellowed out and there's nobody around and the whole area is deserted mm-hmm. oftentimes we'll bust out camp chairs and we have a cornhole set and and uh bocce ball glow in the dark bocce ball and right. and we'll we'll all like make drinks and and uh sit in camp chairs and listen to music on a bluetooth speaker and play cornhole and it's all band and crew you know everybody they've had the same people with them that guy mark arnold who plays guitar for big drill car like he's the front of house sound guy and and so it's just a really good batch of of really cool people like jason one of the the kind of main crew guys he's like he plays drums in that band casket lottery. I don't know if you know them, oh, but wow. they're pretty okay. neat. And, uh, so everybody's a rocker, you know, and, and, and they're just good, good people who like good music and they're fun to hang around with. And so I don't know the, the whole, the horse's experience and it's this great, I get to make a good living doing it, you know, and, and, yeah, uh, or yeah, I, I, I used to, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say until, uh, lately, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh. Until, the, until the apocalypse descended, <laughs> but, 
Um, and you know, and I, I feel silly complaining about it. I, my life's better than probably most people's on earth, even though it's tough to be, it's tough to be a white man in this world, you know, real difficult. (laughs) (laughs) We struggle. We struggle, Conan. Yeah. You do, you do, we do the best we can, you know, (laughs) heavy, but we do the best. It's it's an uphill slog. I tell you what. So, so doing the, uh, the band of horses shows, which, I think it's safe to say are a little bigger than what Arches of Loaf would especially play back in the day. Quite, very quite safe to say, yes. <laughs> uh, different types of crowds. Have you found, very. Have you found yourself changing up what you do live to sort of not see, like seem like a sore thumb or anything? Or did you find it like it all just kind of works over and you just do your thing and it's it all pops? A little bit of both. Like um, Ben he always liked the way he like he used to he's seen ben and creighton have both seen a lot of archer shows okay and they always liked all the dumb stuff i would say on the mic which i hated like i <laughs> it was all nervous energy just boiling over yeah most of what i did on stage like i couldn't stand it was just like i couldn't help it but um and i still do it you know but but uh, they thought it was funny, and so Ben has been encouraging of that. But I'm so uncomfortable with it with that band, especially since he's such such a good and entertaining kind of MC for the band that I I usually keep quiet, and I I feel much happier just kind of shrinking back. You don't you want know, to be the wild card in that situation. I do <laughs> not, not not really in any situation to be honest, but. I just couldn't stand the dead air, you know, with yeah. archers. But with this band, also because it's not my band, you know, I I feel more comfortable like sitting back, like I don't have to be doing anything. I can just yeah. kind of. And, and uh, so even though Ben has been like really encouraging about it, I like oh, I don't wanna. Right. And uh, and and so yeah, and and then I you know I've toned it down a little, but we all have so much fun playing together. Like we really have a good time that it's hard to kind of contain it oftentimes which is it's it's cool it's fun and uh but but yeah it's it's definitely different the crowds are are way different and and so the expectations there are different but luckily i don't have to worry about that too much yeah and so yeah and we kind of jumped around because i wanted to get into the band of horses stuff but there has been now two iterations of Archers of Loaf coming back. And I, again, I really want to try to not uh, cover stuff that we covered last time, but I don't remember what we covered right. last time. So that's, I don't either. So that's the problem, but yeah. Uh, real quick. Can you just get into, you know, coming back after, uh, you know, the, that many years to something that you spent so much of your time doing and, then also kind of correlate that with uh you know spending time in band of horses and then also doing Arch of low stuff again now with uh, the release of the the recent single i should also mention that if you get the seven inch or if you can find the seven inch maybe it's a better thing there's a stones cover on the b-side which is freaking awesome yeah yeah the the merge folks that was really (laughs) really fun to do and the the coolest thing about that was that was bachman's idea he's like it's kind of a political song like it's kind of a protest song you know which we were all excited about and we ended up working on it and at the end of the day we didn't change it that much we kind of kept it pretty faithful to the original which is unlike us the few times we did covers we usually try to change them around 
pretty majorly, you know, right. just because we didn't want to just repeat. But God, that song is so strong on its own that we just, except for the fact that it's all electric guitars instead of, you know, acoustics, which yeah. they used on the original. But, um, but it, it was so much fun to play and we all enjoyed it so much. And then the, the craziest part of that story is that this buddy of ours that we kind of grew up with, this guy, Matt Long, uh, it's played in bands with a lot of our friends and stuff and our bands have played together and, and everything. And he is, he lives in New York now and he is, uh, Keith Richards assistant. Get out of town. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and so he played him the song. No, no. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was really exciting. We were all really psyched on that. And, and if he hated it, he, he made a good, uh, he, he was very politic about it. He said he liked it. So that, that was really, what a trip, man. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so either way he was, he either really did like it or he was being nice. Either way, I'll take it. And, yeah, and that yeah. was kind of cool. <laughs> wow. So did you ever think about the fact that Keith Richards would be listening to an Archer of Loaf? Recording? No. Never. Like when you very first like, you guys are starting out. <laughs> no, hell no. Like I, I thought that's like that would be so outlandishly far fetched. I would never have guessed it. So that was really cool. That was kind of a neat thing to happen. And uh, so, talk to me about Archers coming back. The the first go round and this most recent go round with the new recordings. And, and I know it's jumping around a lot, but we both are dudes that jump around a lot, and it's okay. Yeah, I'm terrible about it, but um, yeah, it's great I for don't my know, show. Like, <laughs> oh good good well we um when we stopped playing we were like let's just kind of leave an open-ended hiatus like we weren't comfortable with the idea of saying we quit you know you weren't necessarily but, saying like that's it no that the intention it. originally was to to leave it open that we would play together again right and then then eventually like after everybody we knew was like who are you kidding you're not playing again you guys quit you know and finally i just kind of we all kind of accepted it and we said that we quit but then after a while people were like you guys should play again and all the other 90s bands were doing it so we thought like maybe there's a zoning law you have to do it or you'll get a you know you get a ticket <laughs> and so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the so law. we talked about it and and at various points it was like you know if if it came up somebody would be like one of us would be like no way no way not at all not doing this and uh but then finally it was like yeah i'd be up for it yeah i'd be up for it kind of went through everybody like that and and so we decided to try it and then we got this kind of surprise opening gig for our friends love language they let us open for them and we busted out like a short set at the cradle just to see if it was going to be horrible or if it was going to be all right you know and and yeah yeah, we test drove it and it was it was really fun for us we had a great time i don't know how the crowd felt about it but we had enough fun that we we didn't care (laughs) for for souls but um it was we were like all right let's do it and so we started relearning the songs and that was a weird experience in itself because i learned stuff about neurology i guess because I was learning these songs and there would be, a, there were a handful of them that, that we wanted to do that for the life of me, I was like, I remember doing some chords somewhere around the middle of the neck on, on this song. Right, right. And I remember the, the basic feel, but it's also muddy on the recordings. You know, it's hard to, hard to tell. And I right. couldn't figure it out and nothing. I'd try something I thought was right. And I'd be like, no, this doesn't feel right. And, uh, and then I'd, I'd look up YouTube videos 
and I'd find a, a YouTube video where you could kind of see my hand in the background or something, and I'd try to figure it out from <laughs> <That's> there. <awesome. laughs> and I, I did that for uh, several songs, but there were still like two songs that I could not do. And, uh, of course, we get together to practice, and Eric Johnson's like, let's do this one. I'm like, man, come on, you guys. I, this is like the one I don't know. I was like, you guys go ahead and play it, and I'll just sit, sit this one out. And they started it up, and I just let my mind go blank and just started playing. And all of a sudden, it was coming back. Just snap right and in. And I was, it was really weird. Like my eyes were watching what my hand was doing, and telling my brain to memorize that. Right. <laughs> which is so weird. You have like your subconscious part of your brain like doing it, and you're like, huh? Yeah. Weird that I'm doing. It's this. like. What's the longest way around this? Like, you know, what's the most inefficient way I could re remember this song? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and, it, and it worked. It worked really well for, like, those two songs because it was so beat into my muscle memory that, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen that Glenn Campbell documentary. I, where I, I have, you know, I have, and it's amazing. And, and how he, like, flat out will you know forget like where he is what city he is like everything but he always nails the guitar solos like every he won't time. remember his own child yeah you know? exactly but he, like you're really funny who are you yeah i'm, I'm your daughter dad and, and then he'll get on stage when he, and, when he gets when it's time to play note for note every yeah time. yeah it, it really taught me something about the relationship of the of music to i don't know what it is your mind or your spine or somewhere i don't know where the action is but it, it was it was almost unnerving how really clearly weird it was and, and how effective it was. Yeah. Yeah, man. So you get to play these songs in front of, you know, folks, if they're around for the, for the first time, like maybe like, you know, there's a little more of a pot belly perhaps, but then there's also, <laughs> there's also the, the new folks that didn't ever get to see you. Play they the, are, the man, there's time. young, there's some young people there, which makes me so happy. Like, I love that. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's been one of the coolest things about it. I don't know what's cooler, like seeing the old guys come back and they've, some of them have managed to find somebody that's willing to marry them and they've got wives or, <laughs> you know, you're, you know, that you're like contributing to the babysitting economy and <laughs> that feels good. Yeah. And it's good to see all these, these old dudes that have aged with us out there, like, that feels wonderful. And then also there's like young people. You're like, I don't know. You guys probably shouldn't like this stuff, but thank you so much. Like, it's really cool that you're here to hear it, you know? And, and that is cool. And there is the, and this, you know, I don't want to belabor the point too much, but there is like the thing where since all music sort of exists in constant present tense now, there's people that discover those old records all the time. Yeah. And, you know, and they're hearing it as if it was the first time. And yeah. that's something that will continue to happen as long as our culture is set up the way it is. And one of the nice yeah. things about that is that you like the barrier of entry is like, you don't need to know the cool record store guy anymore. Totally. You know? Totally. The other cool thing about it is like, I'm just learning belatedly is that things aren't quite as stylistically compartmentalized as they were when I was. Yep. Get, so, so you, you're not wearing your music style like a badge. Yeah. So that you're, you're, you're critically approaching it from a more honest perspective, I think. And rather than what you should like or what your friends like 
at quite as much. I'm sure there's still that dynamic there, but I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty bullish on the kids these days. Like young people kind of are pretty awesome. I think these days and I agree, man. And I, I like I think how they're approaching music. Yeah. I think that that's something where people can fall into this trap of only focusing on the negative and kind of not seeing the forest for the trees, but I, I'm with you, man. I think that the, yeah. you know, <laughs> the kids are all right. <laughs> yeah. Or like I was saying, the kids are a lot more than all right. You yeah, know, kids, like kids are doing, they're doing great. I mean, and maybe it's, and maybe it's, they're doing awful because the world is dying. Yeah, the world is being terrible to, hell, to but, them and everything is terrible, but, <laughs> but the kids are great. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's am- not their fault. Right. Exactly. And it's amazing to see, to see like you know uh bands with younger folks in it just like still doing like wildly cool and creative stuff and yeah uh, and you know they're still being (laughs) don't get me wrong the underground is still overcrowded but uh you know indeed yeah (laughs) yeah there's still a lot of there's there's a lot of diamonds out there and it's i I find that very encouraging and as as much as I think this show can can trend towards talking about you know oh that kids today don't know sometimes like I'm yeah. very happy to be whatever part of the uh, ecosystem that that is that because it's uh, I agree it's nice. I agree it's nice. yeah yeah I mean if nothing else sometimes just to be able to be out there playing is a nice opportunity to see what the the younger folks are coming up with you know it's just yep. nice to get it's a it's a good place to spectate all that from you know if you're out touring which is is a wonderful opportunity to have as a an old crusty old <laughs> senescent old flatulent old dude before i climb into the coffin and uh, lower it down yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's it man well, Matt, uh, thank you so much for coming back on. It's 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 always a pleasure talking to you, and it's it's likewise, Conan. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you felt compelled to share some of your experiences because I think it's it's the nice thing with this show doing so many of these lately is that it's allowed uh, sort of people to realize there is this unification of experiences happening right now, and that doesn't yeah. happen very often. And I appreciate you, you telling me. You know, like just what you like, even mundane stuff is, is is fascinating when it is relation to this. Well, thanks, because that's that's about ninety percent of my output. <laughs> but the ten percent that isn't is pretty freaking fantastic, also. And I also like hearing about that. Thanks a lot. So, so the last thing, and it's the only can question I ever ask, but mm-hmm. I, I I like hearing what people say. I generally stand up. Is <laughs> ah, wrong show. A, that right was station, a, a John wrong show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right station, wrong show. Um, <laughs> why do you do what you do? Man, because I don't know any better. I, honestly, I am the worst schlemiel on the planet. Like, life just happens to me, you know? I wish I had a better answer, and I, I wouldn't have been comfortable admitting that. And now that I'm all old and just don't care anymore, I can I can confess it. But I don't I don't plan. My life is not planned at all. It just I've been lucky on so many counts. Starting with just you know, I won't lie. White privilege has been great to me. <laughs> I, That'd be an amazing song title. <laughs> I want to try it. Oh my! It'd be like a country song or something. Yeah. Oh my god! Good to me. Yeah, yeah. Like like. 
that's about as like that would be the most in culturally insensitive song but uh but yeah i mean i've i've been lucky i've been so lucky and it's gone beyond just that it's gone beyond just whatever demographic i've been born into like i've been lucky so many times over and it's honestly i have ridden that wave you know and still kind of continue to so it's just been I, w I wish i could say i've engineered my success but i really haven't i've just kind of <laughs> kind of stumbled into it and i'm grateful lie, but i wish i could say it, <laughs> it uh, you're absolutely that's accurate as can be you know I, um but uh i am very aware of it and grateful for it and i try to share it whenever applicable and possible you know but uh <laughs> Well, that's it's, it it's appreciated i, by I don't me. know why I do it's, it. it's appreciated by a lot of people and <laughs> well, thanks, I, man. why ever you do it why ever sure uh it's <laughs> yeah. it's glad that you do man and likewise thank you man thanks for being on the show and let's make it uh, sooner than five and a half years before you're on again yeah man hopefully hopefully they'll let us talk face to face one of these days again yeah. i remember when we used to do that that was yeah <laughs> Remember yeah, back we'll have when to you relearn could, it all. We could actually be in the same room and have music playing, and uh, yeah, I remember those things. My only hope is that if, hopefully, everyone else's social skills will have atrophied down to the point where mine have always been, that like I won't stand out as socially awkward like I used to, because we'll boat. all be socially. Yeah, that's my hope. Well, Tony has a theory that when all this is over, Tony, who, who plays with me. The uh, bass player? Yeah. yeah. He has a theory that, that uh, when all this is over, everyone's for at least a few weeks is going to be like super psyched on shows. Like every show is going to be just like packed as hell because everyone's gonna be like, like oh, an man. orgy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like if you can get like some local band on their, on, you know, doing their first tour or something, they're going to have the most outsized <laughs> experience of their lives because everyone's going to be totally so entertainment. I hope he's right. Yeah, I hope I, he's right, and I hope to be out there enjoying that. I was going to say, I hope watching we can, a show or playing one. I hope we can all prove it very soon. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks so much, Conan. And sorry I ramble so much, dude. dude you've heard this show; it's fine. It's 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 what the show is, and it's always appreciated. You're welcome anytime. Uh, thank you so much, dude. Uh, thanks a lot, man. And I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. See ya. Oh, there he goes. Mr. McGillian, good dude. I mean it too. It's, it, I don't know why it's um, been five and a half years since I talked to him last, but talk to him now. Can you hear me now? Uh, you can get that Arch of Loaf, you know, Railway Day song. Well, I don't think you can get the seven inch anywhere. It's sold out, but you can find the single on Spotify, iTunes. All the things that you normally find music at. Is this thing on? Band of Horses over here. Yeah, you, you can search. <laughs> this stuff is obscure, man. Archsofloaf.bandcamp.com. That's what it is. Uh, yeah. Test, test, test. Cool, cool, cool. Can you hear me now? You've been listening to Proton Universal. for doing it. We come to the close of our broadcast day. This show is going to 
7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, 5 p.m. Pacific. These days, all the time. Signing off. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. America, all the ships at sea. Podcast that are archived at RadioNeutron.com. Anyone within the sound of my voice. Patreon.com slash Reversal to get episodes quicker. I've got a dollar per month. 50,000 watts of power. Thanks for everyone sharing the show around, spreading around. I want to ionize the air. Got a lot of good stuff coming up this week, too. Absolutely get the archives up on the feed. Last few weeks. This microphone turns sound into electricity. Stay safe. Can you hear me now? Take it easy. Out on Route 128, dark and lonely. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the... It's the end of radio! The last announcer plays the last record! The last what? Leaves the transmitter! Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now?
really broadcasting if there's no one there to receive. It's the end of radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day. See?